0: Alright, so 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, we read verses 1 through 6 and discussed those um, in our last class. Our goal t- uh, today is to be going through verses 7 through the end of the chapter. This is in the middle of uh, Paul's comments about what motivates him in his ministry. We've talked a little bit in our previous classes uh, that he he mentions uh, the coming of Titus in chapter two and doesn't come back to Titus till chapter seven. And so he's talking about what he does and why he does what he does. Um, and so we, we've already talked about how he views himself as a prisoner of war in chapter two in the triumphal procession of Christ. Uh, in chapter 3 we talk about how he views himself as a minister of, uh, of righteousness according to what God has appointed to him and seeing that the glory uh, that is through Christ surpasses uh, the, the ministry of condemnation that we saw in the Old Testament. It's interesting uh, in verse uh, 14, chapter 3, verse 14, uh, that it refers to the reading of the Old Testament. This is like the only time in the Bible that the Old Testament is called the Old Testament. It's old, it's, it's, it's not com- anything compared to the New Testament. Uh, that we see with Christ coming. And then in our last uh, class in uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, we talk about uh, the glory that comes uh, uh, in Christ. We see uh, this, this ministry. He says in verse, uh, verse 1, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. If I could actually have somebody to read chapter 4
1: for us.
2: Thank you, Phil. Therefore, since we have this ministry, Mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the, in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God for we do not preach ourselves but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservants for Christ's sake for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of christ jesus but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of god and not from ourselves we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not despairing persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed always carrying about in the body of the dying always caring about in the body the dying of jesus so that the life of jesus also may be manifested in our body for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for for jesus sake so that the life of jesus also may be manifest in our world flesh so death works in us but life in you But having the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe therefore I spoke We also believe therefore. We also speak Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you For all things are for your sakes So that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of things to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our outer man, th- th- though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is becoming renewed day by day. For monetary, m- momentary, momentary light afflictions, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. For we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things
0: which are not seen are eternal. Thank you for that. What stands out to you in this section? What do, what stands out to you in uh, words, phrases, themes, things things that we've already seen in the book?
3: Yeah. What stands out to me is the glory of Christ in verse four. He said that he came, he came down and took on the flesh, took on the flesh, he took on art in it, so that he could reflect the glory of his Father. So he's showing us. So then you go over to Colossians 1.27, and he says to whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if we ever want the hope of glory within us, then our image, just like His image, reflected His Father, we got to see His Father in Him. Our image has to take on, within us, Him. And we have to gradually grow to where we look just like Him. I always think of the evolution Man, where it shows he goes from, well, there is an evolution. It's when you go down and you go down in the water, when you raise back up, you start evolving into not you, but looking just like Christ. And if we don't get there, we don't have that other
0: glory. That's a good point. Um, good way of putting that, that we reflect the glory um, of. Of Christ, just as Christ reflected the glory of the Father. If you if you want to see what Jehovah God is like, look at Jesus. Look at who He is. <coughs> look at His ministry. Uh, yes, Katrina. Um, it speaks a lot of life and death um, that Christ suffered So that we can live <coughs> it, uh, continually
4: so that he, His life can be shown. Um, and I think of it as... You know, a servant is continually spent for his master, and a parent is continually spent for his child. Um, We are spent so that our master can be shown. But in the end, we are spent. And that's our job, is to die continually to ourselves and to all the things that we are choosing to do. And that's our job, so that we can live.
0: And instead, that upside-downness, again, that it's death that brings life. That's a good point. The the motif of life and death. Yeah, Josh.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The upside-downness is, she just put it in in verse uh, 8, down there, uh, 8 through 10. It says, we're afflicted, we're perplexed, we're persecuted, we're struck down. Oh, just like Jesus was when he was killed. Right, but that's not the end. We're not crushed. We're not despair. We're not abandoned. We're not destroyed. Why? Well, it's because we have the same life like Jesus had after
0: death. That's a good point. Uh, thinking of Jesus as perfectly manifesting what Paul is writing to to the church here.
3: Good. Other
0: things. We're, we'll we'll dive a little deeper in and explore some of these spots. But uh, any other? Thoughts or questions? We we talked at length in our last class about verse seven. By if I would at least uh, come back to it, uh, it mentions uh, we have. This treasure in earthen vessels. Notice um, that he says this, we have, a couple of times. He he says it in verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, he says it in verse 13. uh, We have the same spirit of faith in chapter 5 in verse 1. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands. Um, The the surety, there's no doubt, um, there's confidence in what... we have here this treasure this treasure in earth and vessels we talked a little bit about about this Just something for us to sort of self-reflect on do we have this treasure in us? or do we have other treasures in our vessel? or do we um, do we not view our ministry, do we, do we not view our relationship as a treasure? Bob. Just think, uh, sort of thinking about what, what it means to be an earthen vessel, what it means to have this treasure. That's Bob.
5: Yeah, when I read this, I, uh, I, I pretty much relate the treasure, but <coughs> see... I want to read verse 1 again and then read verse 7. I think they are tied together. I don't think it's exclusive. It doesn't have to exclude other things, but Paul is talking about his ministry. You know, uh, he he says in verse 1, therefore, since we have this ministry as we uh, receive mercy, we do not lose heart. Jumping down to verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels explaining uh, uh, had this he calls it a treasure here to ministry in verse 1 uh, I think it's, it's good for us to uh, be mindful of how Paul thinks about what he's been given and uh, and also how he considers himself so unworthy of it but acknowledges later here as we study on that that's our purposeful on the, on the Lord's part uh, to uh, put uh, puts us to work uh, in, in in our unworthiness. That the, the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine forth, and there will be no glory for me or anyone here or all. So, uh, just let me be saying a lot to this. right to make sure that those two things are considered when we, when we understand what he's talking about. It. I think it's a uh, it's. It's clear. He calls it a treasure. You know, he has something inside of him that is a treasure.
0: That's a good point. Just view, viewing the glory of God and this ministry as a treasure. I do want to latch on to a word that you, that you brought up that I had highlighted in my notes that... Uh, Paul views himself as being unworthy of this, and we, we've talked a little bit about this in chapter uh, two and verse 16. And who is sufficient for these things to be this uh, aroma of death? And we saw in chapter three, um, in verses uh, in in verses four and five, and um, we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Um, I think the point of this, God deciding in his ultimate mercy and grace to... To allow us to be participants in this ministry is to point not to our greatness or our worthiness, but to point to God. As it said in uh, 4 verse 7, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Yeah, you see that also in chapter 1 verse 9. uh, We had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead. The focus and the purpose is pointing to, pointing to God. Very good. Uh, let's look at uh, the point that uh, Josh mentioned in verses 8 and following. <coughs> We are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. How does he How does he describe how he is treated? or at least how he appears from perhaps a worldly lens, a worldly, fleshly uh, point of view. Josh.
1: Well, read verse 11. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that life may be displayed in our mortal flesh. To the world, it seems like we're dying. Right? It just doesn't make sense. Why would we go through all this stress and suffering over something that we can just, you know, can't look around and see Jesus, right? Well, why would we go through suffering? Oh, it's because we have a hope that is so much greater than anything this life could give us. That's nonsense to the
0: world. That's, that's a good point. Uh, the, well, the way that we are that we live out our lives as vessels <laughs> Is confusing to uh, to the world, and you see some of those descriptors there. Yes, Lisa. that's a good point that that um, in verse 8 it says hard pressed on every side what pressed physically pressed emotionally um, perplexed that that idea of being confused like I'm in a point in my life I'm perplexed on a daily basis (laughs) I'm just I'm just confused why is that life how it is but it also mentions not in despair i think that's interesting in light of what we saw in verse uh or in chapter one where he said that he was uh he did despair back as we read earlier in chapter one verse uh eight um burden beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. So I don't necessarily think he's contradicting himself, saying that we don't despair, but he doesn't stay there. He doesn't stay there. What does, what does our despair do for us? Do we stay in it, or do we turn to God in that? Yeah, Roy, and then Alan.
6: I think in context, he's talking about the apostles. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, he's been talking about them. And in verse 12, he says, so death for in us, but life and you." It may apply to us secondarily, but he's telling them what the apostles are going through for their sake.
0: That's, that's, a, that's a very good point. That that uh, l- looking at how he uh, refers to what he's enduring, it is talking about the sacrifice of what the apostles were doing for for uh, their sake. Yes?
7: One of the things I read something about, I, I read of a fellow who wrote in the 1800s about the persecution that Paul went through and the other Christians being one of the best testimonies of evidence. Evidence that you would not go through these kinds of things if you did not believe and it was not true. So he used use that as a strong evidence. And I think people can see in us, even though we don't suffer to the extent they did, they can see in us evidence of our faith by how we stick it out through those, those tough times, and those disappointing times, and those persecuting times um, as well.
0: That's a very good point. Yes, Ross.
4: Yeah, going, going along with both, book, book, I think it's uh, um, Paul is is kind of explaining why he's suffering in this world. He's showing his love for the, the Corinthians. You know, that's you know, he's he's going through this, and then uh, to serve the Corinthians with love, you he's he's also answering the, the criticisms of, against him that some of the critics might might have. You know, how, how could Paul be from God if he's suffering and being persecuted and, and just going through all this suffering? Well, he's kind of explaining that this is for, you know, for God's glory and also for
0: the purpose of, of helping the Corinthians. Isn't that sort of the Job complex? Job is going is going through suffering to some extent, and, and his friends conclude that he must be doing something wrong in all of this. But he, but he's explaining. He, he he views it as how Christ lived His life.
3: Yes, ten. Uh,
7: one thing I was noticing was uh, in verse eight and nine, where they're being crushed and perplexed, but not driven to despair, and persecuted but not destroyed. It's contrasting with verse three in my mind, where the people that are veiling the gospel are perishing. Uh, so the only hope that we have is in the power of the gospel and in not veiling it. Uh, it's
0: power. And that's that's a good point. Sort of contrasting the two the two options, the two pathways of of. Um, being blinded and perishing, and, and not and not uh, l- uh, having the glory of God uh, shine on them, versus what that actually looks like. It's not all, It's not everything being happy-go-lucky, but it's. Um, yeah, it's not.
3: Also, we have Christ was their example, and so he warned the apostles. That living in Satan's world here, it's not going to be easy for you. But well, I will see you through. So now the apostles are telling the people in Corinth the same thing. You will be seen through. And then you go down to verse 10, it says, Always carry about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that life of Jesus. Also need to be manifested in our body. So he said, You will get through this, we will get through this as long as we carry about in the in our bodies the dying of Jesus, knowing that things weren't going to be easy for Jesus all the way to death. And it's not going to be easy for them, it's not going to be easy for us. But as long as Christ is manifested in our bodies, we will get through it, just the same way Jesus did, just the same way the apostles did. So we will be perplexed, but we won't be despairing. We will be all of these things in the world, but in Christ we won't be defeated.
0: That's a good point. I had a verse that tied in with verse ten in that comment that you made of First John chapter three verse sixteen. Of by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. just that constant we we following in the pattern of of Jesus are. Ought to lay down our lives and, and, and that's that's how we manifest the love and receive the life as we've talked about
8: yeah. um, I really appreciate the language that he uses to describe the hard things that are happening to him um, and then contrasting with putting the focus on his how he's responding to it Uh, not identifying himself by the hard things that are happening to him, but saying this has happened to me, this has happened to us, this has happened to us, but the emphasis is on we do not lose heart, and we are of good courage, and he said that multiple times, and I think that's a reminder to me when I'm sharing or thinking about the hard things that are going on in my life, those are things that have happened to me, but the emphasis should be on because of God, the response that I can have to it, and that's a more hopeful and God-focused
9: way of
0: talking about tragedies. Absolutely. Um, the, the concept, <laughs> does the way that we talk, is the w- way that we go about our lives focusing on the first part or the but not part of um, what kind of mindset do we have on, uh, on our ministry? It's a good, good way of putting that. Anything else? Say through um, verse twelve. Let's now look at thirteen to the to the end. Um, we've already mentioned just despite having these sufferings as, as an apostle, um, Paul has um, this same conviction. It's, it, he has absolute uh, trust in God. And it's really for their benefit. Um, in verse 13, "...and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke." we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Um, Your... your Bible may have a note there in verse 13. Paul seems to be making a reference to an Old Testament scripture. Anybody have that on them? Psalm
1: 116,
0: verse 10. Okay, Psalm 116, uh, and verse 10. Um, I think we have enough time to maybe do a, a, a quick read of that. Let's look at uh, Psalm 116. We're not going to do a, a deep dive necessarily in this, but I I love uh, this psalm. You see the the heart of of the psalmist here, and really I think whenever um, the Old Testament make Old Testament is being referenced in the New Testament, we ought to look at the whole context, not just look at that one verse. So. Um, Would somebody read Psalm 116 for us? Go
1: ahead, Josh. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. The ropes of death were wrapped around me, and the torments of Sheol overcame me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. Then I called in the name of the Lord, Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. I was helpless and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, even when I said I am severely oppressed, in my Lord I said, everyone is a liar. How <coughs> can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? I will take the cup of salvation and call in the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord <coughs> in the presence of all his people. The death, the death of his faithful ones, is valuable in the Lord's sight. Lord, I am indeed your servant. I am your servant. The son of your female servant, you have loosed my bonds. I will offer you thanksgiving, a thanksgiving sacrifice, and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my <laughs> vows to the Lord in the presence of all His people in the courts of the Lord's house within you Jerusalem. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Uh, the the writer. Though he is a devout slave to God and wants to offer thanksgiving to, to God, he's afflicted a lot in this, uh, in this psalm. He's encompassed by sorrow and sometimes doubt. Um, everyone around him is a liar. And yet his death, whether it's a symbolic death or, or a physical death, is precious to God. <laughs> Who does that sound like? Does it sound like Jesus? Does it sound like Paul? And his response I will pay my vows now in the presence of the Lord I will call on the name of the Lord I believe therefore I spoke that that attitude of the conviction that he has he has no other alternative than to speak Um, and that's that's how we are as humans we can't help but talk about things that we think are important. About things that we think of as as valuable. Do we have the same view of our ministry in that, such that we
5: can't help
0: but talk about the ministry that we've been given? Or do we talk about other stuff? <clears throat> do we talk about the other things of life? The things that may have some glory, but they pale in comparison to the glory of God. Jesse.
10: When, uh, this is a bit about my take, but when you look at the ESV in Psalms 116, it says, I believe even when I spoke, I'm greatly afflicted. At first I was like, what's the connection here? Because it doesn't exactly say, I believe so I spoke. It's more like, I believe even when I was doubting, in in a sense, even when he said I'm in trouble, even when I was greatly But I think Paul is drawing something a little bit deeper here, at least from my perspective, about this affliction and the belief in in deliverance from this affliction is causing him to speak. And so um, taking really what the psalm said, kind of like attaching his plight to the plight of the individual in 116 and kind of extrapolating out. Even when I'm afflicted, you know, because of that, I'm going to speak. So uh, I think it's really interesting. I think the same kind of eye as, you know, Eli, Eli, Bonus, Bach, I, like, attaching himself to the entire chapter or the entire psalm, if you will. Uh, I kind of see Paul doing that here and then kind of taking it a, a step further. I believe that it's so. I spoke. I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, inter- very interesting. Yeah, Mark. Just kind of aside.
6: He said, "I believe." You know, therefore, I spoke. That's what faith is. We believe, therefore, we repent. We believe, therefore, we were baptized.
0: Faith is active. Good. Uh, very good. Yeah. Just uh, the what faith instigates. What? What? How that is manifested. Uh, and if Paul didn't speak, if Paul didn't speak. It would be because there would, there would be no faith there. Um, and, and it would be hypocritical for him to, uh, to speak and yet avoid at all costs the life of suffering because we we're called to take up the cross and follow. Yeah, Bob? Uh,
9: one, one thing that I took from the reading and saw from the ESV was more, uh, I believe, I spoke even though I'm still persecuted for it. That's the kind of, what I picked from that, the way that verse was worded. And that fits right in to this situation now. Verse 8 talked about everything that happened to him, and yet he still spoke. He still believed. It didn't, it didn't any of that did not diminish his faith. And, and like we haven't gotten there yet, verse 17 uh, is uh, for this life Momentary affliction. That's why he considered everything that was happening to him. In other places in the scriptures, he talks about exactly what had happened to him, and yet none of that kept him from speaking. It had actually emboldened him to speak even more boldly for the cause of Christ.
0: Absolutely, uh, just having that uh, that boldness. To speak, um, having that mindset, I'm going to uh, look at verse seven, um, verses sixteen through seventeen. Just, just mention it, just to sort of think of the entire section, the entire chapter, and even what we're going to see later on in chapter five, um, tying in with it. Um, Though uh, though our outer man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The only way to be renewed is by going through what Christ went through and seeing the life of Paul and what that looked like. Uh, and, And the world has their... Proposals as to what can bring renewal to the body. But uh, we know that Jesus is the one who does renew us day by day. Yes. The,
4: the psalmist uh, cried out to God and God delivered him from whatever trouble he was facing. It seems that Paul is referring to you know, speaking out to God and trusting in God, but it's not necessarily death that he's looking to be saved from, that he's trusting in the resurrection. Uh, verse 14 knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also, uh, with Jesus, will we'll raise us also with Jesus, will present us with you. So it's not necessarily he's looking to be saved from, from death, but he's looking forward to the resurrection and the ultimate being raised from the dead and being with, with God.
0: Absolutely. Having the the mindset of of the resurrection and having that confidence, knowing that and it, and it mentions that how confident we have this in verse 14, knowing this um, is a great source of renewal. Uh, despite persecutions, despite affliction, despite being hard-pressed and struck down. reminds me a lot of Rocky Balboa, who even every time he gets knocked down, he keeps getting he keeps, he keeps, uh, getting back up because of that hope, knowing of that resurrection.
3: Yeah, not... it, he started this conversation off in verse 12. He said, so death works in us, but life in me. So, to me, the vision is, like we're all on the road, we're in this earthly house, on the road to death, and we just keep every day marching towards death, with death all around us. And it's uh, hard, and it's scary, but once we get to that line of death, we're just going to walk right through, because the life's in Him. So we're gonna leave all of that behind us and find life in Christ. And so every bit of that is going to be nothing. It's going to be so worth the walk on that road to walk right through death into life through Him.
0: Very good. Yeah. So so Paul is essentially saying, <laughs> I'm suffering so that other people can benefit. That's what Jesus did. He, he suffered for our benefit, and, and do we follow in that train uh, of doing that for others? Or do we say, life works in me. I'm going, to, I'm going to live in the way that I think I'm going to just preserve myself. I'm going to do whatever it takes to avoid hardships. And you might even see that in some of what the, the false teachers are saying. Uh, that they aren't going through this. But Paul is showing that he he is a disciple. He is a follower because he's living that out. Alan then Lisa. Going um, along with verse 16, they self
7: being renewed day by day. I'm reminded of Romans 12. Therefore, brothers, by uh, the mercies of God, resist your bodies with living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Here it is, by the renewal of your mind, that I testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we renew our mind by being transformed from the study and, and contemplation of God's word
0: it only comes from god doesn't it it all, renewal regeneration this change only comes through god um, interesting uh, verse one that you read um, ties in with how we started chapter four um, i beseech you brethren uh, by the mercies of god in chapter four verse one therefore since we have this ministry as we have received Mercy. It all is tying in the the this ministry of renewal is made possible by God's mercy. Yes, it's
8: Like 50 feet down the road, I could hear this friend, this new sister in Christ. I could hear her go, What? And then I would just say, Momentary light affliction, momentary light affliction. And she would be able to stick her head out and give me the thumbs up, and she
3: wouldn't get in trouble. And I still use this. I still will say to myself, because I deal still with people, we all do, whenever something's just perplexing.
0: No, that's completely surface level compared to what comes to mind when you need it. Amen. That and he draws a contrast, uh, momentary versus eternal light versus something that's weighty, um, and affliction compared to or contrasted with with glory. Uh, it, it it helps to to view it as momentary light affliction. It's also helpful to see
2: eternal
0: weight of glory, something that I have just a glimpse of in my existence. here. Very good. We see the result in verse 15. I don't want to uh, overlook this one. It stands out to me. All things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of god it's more people more grace more thanks and more glory to god just seeing this multiply exponentially uh, here Okay, we've we've talked a little bit about uh, this concept in verses sixteen through eighteen of renewal. One of uh, the passages of the Old Testament is often quoted, Isaiah forty, uh, verse thirty-one, um, is, is a passage that speaks to renewal. But it's good to see it in light of the verses that precede it. Isaiah forty. I'll start in verse. Uh, 27. Isaiah 40, verse 27. What do you say, O Jacob? Or why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints, nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The world, and I myself like to feel like I can just renew myself. I can't, I can, if I'm getting down, you know, just pick yourself back up. It'll be okay. Just keep going on. Just, everything's going to be okay as long as you, you have it within you, Micah, to do this. No, I don't. I don't. And, and, um, we need to, we need to see that God is in the business. I have this in my quotes uh, somewhere. Um, God knows what we are going through. He's paying attention and he's in the business of equipping us to overcome. He's in the business to equip us to overcome. And so um, as, as we are finishing this, uh, this chapter, this little paragraph here, we've, already, we've talked about uh, light affliction, which is for a moment is working for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I was, I was reading this with the girls uh, last night uh, before going to bed, and Evelyn made a connection. She is just... It stuck with me too. Um, uh, Matthew chapter thirteen. Matthew chapter thirteen is uh, Jesus starts with his parables. She uh, she thought of. Matthew 13, verse 14, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. That's we see this motif of light and darkness, of seeing and being blind. What do we see? What do we look at? Yes, Katrina.
6: So
1: one thing about this is
6: that these things that are seen, these things that aren't seen, this plan, this message that God has. I've uh, just been listening. We've talked a lot about this momentary life affliction. We've talked about the bodies being destroyed. Uh, the other man's being renewed. It just seems like, why did God choose, or why? We've talked about what it is. So we are, we're earth and vessels, and so we just talked about the way it is. And that, well, we're mortal. We've died. So that's just the way it is. And said, We just have to keep going, even though we're mortal. But this was God's plan. It's not it's not just that, well, this is just what he had to work with. But God intended this through humans, through Paul, through the apostles, who were executed. And not through angels that are immortal. Why would angels, messengers, why would he not use his heavenly messengers to carry this? Very important message. Why wouldn't you use a Brinks armored truck as opposed to the old jalopy that's fallen apart to carry the most precious treasure? It's not an accident that it's actually to the benefit of the message that it wasn't carried about. Angels, the things that aren't seen. But through the things that are seen to establish the the magnitude of what the message actually is, that it has to be through corruptible, dying bodies, so that the message actually is made more clear to those to confused or not not connected with those who need the message
0: itself. That's that's a very good point, and I think we'll pick up with that uh, next week or on Wednesday. Thank you all for your participation.